0: Well, uh, good morning again. I, I kind of joked earlier that I'm I'm not used to using this particular microphone, and if you're not sure what I meant by that, uh, my name is Ben. I'm the associate pastor here at Silver Creek Church, and uh, usually, where you can find me is around uh, students. I work with our youth and a couple other areas here at Silver Creek Church, but it is my honor and my privilege uh, to join you today and uh, to to share a word that I believe God laid on my heart. I'm I'm so excited about this series because um, I think it's something we can all identify with. We're talking about why me, we're talking about situations in our life where we may be inclined to ask of God, why me? And uh, last week we started with the story of Job, and I, I don't know about you, but I've always found the story of Job to be one of the most uh, incredible stories throughout scripture, not only about the, the love and the care that God gave Job, but about Job himself just as a person. And um, we looked at all the things that happened to him. He was a man of God and how through everything he kept his focus on God. And I don't know, I, you know, I wasn't there, but maybe Job asked God, why me? Maybe he did, but the cool thing is that we see he never allowed what he went through to change his heart. He didn't allow it to overrun his mind and his attitude. But if Job would have taken time and asked, God, why me? I don't think there's any of us that would have faulted him for that. This man lived a life that was, that was so pristine that God had to suggest him to Satan when Satan was looking for someone to tear down. So Job's situation, he did nothing to deserve this, and he could have been left asking these questions. Why did this have to happen? So as I began to think about this morning, uh, talking about shipwrecked and, and about this series, I realized something, and I feel like usually I have to put a caveat in my message, because there's usually something that I feel like God laid on my heart that it's, it doesn't feel good, because it's a little, uh, it, it can be convicting at times, but I felt like he, he spoke this to me and, and maybe it was just for me, uh, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you have it as well. Uh, I realized something. When we go through things in life that are painful, that are pressure filled, and we ask this question, God, why me? We might not mean this in asking this question, but what can happen is I believe in our heart what we can actually be asking, whether it's a financial difficulty, whether it's a relationship issue, whether it's the fact that you are going through a health concern, whatever it is, sometimes when we ask that question, we have to check our heart, because we can actually be asking God, why didn't this happen to someone else, right? Because if we wanna know just why, then we can just ask why. But if we're asking why me, sometimes the danger is us saying, why didn't it happen to this person who maybe they would have deserved it? But here I am, I'm in this situation, and I didn't deserve it. But it's human nature, that's, that's a human emotion and feeling and response that I think we each have to deal with on our own. So I know that there are there are those of us here today who we find ourselves in one of those situations, those situations where you may have asked yourself, why me, as you're walking into church this morning. You might have said, God, this situation in my life is so big and I don't, I don't understand it. You might be there today. It might be something in your marriage. It might be something at work or in your health or the health of a loved one or in your family or in your finances that leave us asking some of these questions like, what did I do to deserve this? And I want to encourage you, uh, not everything in life that happens is because you did something wrong. Now, there's a lot of things that happen in life because we make mistakes, but as in the story of Job, he didn't do anything to deserve what happened to him. So this morning, we're, we're going to be talking about Paul, and uh, and we know who Paul is. We we know his influence, not only in scripture, but in the early church. And uh, so we're talking about him here today, and uh, it always blows me a, a blows my mind because this is, the story of Paul is perhaps one of the largest stories of redemption that we see in all of scripture. He literally, his job, what he got, I assume, compensated to do um, early on in his life was to persecute Christians, to go around and jail people who were following Christ. And sometimes he would even sign off on their death. That is what he did that's what scripture says he was zealous for the law he was excited about what he was doing because in his mind it was right and then all of a sudden we we read um, he was on the road to damascus and he was traveling on business and all of a sudden he gets visited by god and keeping up with with how inner interactions with god in the visible sense go throughout scripture we know that paul was blinded immediately and, uh, and in, this, in this portion of time, he begins this transformation. He goes from being part of the opposition to, to the early church and to what, the, what scripture refers to as the way, meaning the teachings of Jesus. He goes from being in opposition f- um, of them to being their biggest support and promoter of it. It's, it is the single most incredible 180 that I think we can ever see. In, in just a matter of days. And so today we're looking at the book of Acts, and uh, this is this is after his conversion, it's after he started his ministry, he's experienced all these difficult things in his life, and here in Acts, what we're looking at, at today, he's been arrested, and he is in the process of being shipped off to Rome for his trial. And so that's where we pick this up, in Acts 27, verses 20 through 25. This is Paul, uh, it says, When neither sun nor stars appeared for many days and the storm continued raging, we finally gave up all hope of being saved. See, Paul and the other prisoners, they were in the middle of a storm. They were in the middle of something that was bigger than themselves. They were in something that they literally could do nothing about except give up hope. And I want today you to be encouraged by Paul's story because you might be here and you might be in the middle of one of those situations that's bigger than you, that there's not a way out outside of God. And you may may also have given up hope on that particular situation. And I want you to be encouraged what we're gonna learn from Paul here today. Then in verse 21, it says, after they had gone a long time without food, Paul stood up before them and said, men, you should have taken my advice not to sail from Crete. Then you would have spared yourselves this damage and loss. He basically says, told you so, if you would have listened to me, this would not have happened. Then he goes on and says, now I, but now I urge you to keep up your courage because not, uh, because not one of you will be lost. Only the ship will be destroyed. Last night, an angel of the God whom I belong to and whom I serve stood beside me and said, do not be afraid, Paul, you must stand trial before Caesar, and God has graciously given you the lives of all who sail with you. God was telling Paul that he was not going to be consumed by the storm that was around him, because God had more plans for him, okay? You gotta keep that in your mind because that's an important part of what we're looking at here today. He wasn't going to be consumed by his situation. His life was not going to be lost because God had more plans for him. Then in verse 25, it says, so keep up your courage, men, for I have faith in God that it will happen just as he told me. See, Paul was in a moment where not one person could have faulted him for asking this question, God, why me, he had experienced this dramatic and miraculous change in his life. He dedicated himself to the things of God, to making sure that that the Gentiles heard about how much God loved him, loved them. And then all of a sudden, he's arrested. Then, while he's prisoner, uh, then he's he's a prisoner, and now he's on this boat in the middle of a storm, and he's about to be shipwrecked. Like he was literally doing the work of God, and he and the most. The, you know, the worst the unthinkable happens, he gets arrested, and now he's about to be stranded on this island. Pressure, being overwhelmed, being underqualified can lead to questions. It can lead to asking questions of God. And Paul had many opportunities throughout his ministry to ask questions of God. Even after you know he walked through forgiveness and, and asking God to change his life from, from his old life. Um, Pastor Kevin shared in the past In 2 Corinthians 11, it talks about some of the things Paul experienced while spreading the gospel, while telling people about how much God loves them. He received 40 lashes minus one five times. He was beaten with rods three times, pelted with stones one time, shipwrecked three times, and he spent a day and a night in the open sea one time. I don't know about you guys, but after every single one of those, I would say, why me? And what can we do about this? Uh, but Paul, he lives his life in a way uh, that we see throughout scripture who he doesn't ask those questions. Instead, he presses forward into what God would have of him. And it's so encouraging because later on uh, in, in the New Testament, in Second Corinthians chapter 4, verses 7 through 9, Paul says this. He says, But we have this in treasured jars of clay to show us That this all surpassing power is from God and not from us. We are hard pressed on every side, but not crushed, perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not abandoned, struck down, but not destroyed. And I want to focus on that because the first thing that he says is that we are hard pressed on every side. He's talking about pressure. Paul was under an enormous amount of pressure in his life. And I believe he got to the point where he realized that that pressure didn't matter as long as he was following God. But it doesn't change the fact that he, he was stoned, he was imprisoned, he was shipwrecked. All these things happened to Paul while he was trying to fi- fulfill God's purpose for his life. And so today I wanna to spend just a few moments and look at three things that I believe that we can learn from the life of Paul from this story about pressure. So number one, Pressure changes our perspective. Sometimes, pre, uh, sometimes our perspective is one of thinking that we know what's best for our lives. Um, I, I like to, to make this, this statement to my students um, to make sure that they understand how, how life works, but when things go wrong, sometimes we take it upon ourselves to tell God how he should go ahead and fix it. And um, I just imagine God graciously shaking his head um, at us and and thinking you just don't see the whole picture. But sometimes our perspective is that and we need a change of perspective. We don't always get the why. I remember as a child uh, an inevitable conversation that seemed like it happened on a day-to-day basis, but in all reality it probably happened twice a day. And um and it was one that, it just baffled me. It blew my mind. I couldn't comprehend it. It didn't make sense. I still don't necessarily understand it completely. Um, but it would be something along the lines of me wanting to uh, go stay over at a friend's house. Go up to, and, and the way that our family worked is you ask mom first, because she'll always say yes. And, um, but you have to still go through dad, who is like, it's, it's like a coin flip. You know, you don't really know What's going to happen? And so, uh, in one of those circumstances, whatever it might be, Dad, can I sleep over at Joe's house today? Ah, uh, no. Okay, I have my answer. But what is the, and you can help me with this, what's the inevitable next question? Why? Why? And it was the answer that always drew me, drove me a little crazy. So one word answer, because. <laughs> and I'm thinking, because what? I'm thinking, did he fall asleep? Did he forget what he was talking about? There has to be more to that statement because the word because makes no sense. At least to me. And then, you know, uh, because why? Because I said so, right? I'm now understanding, you know, a little bit more um, what that means. But um, the funny thing is, I asked that question like his answer would change my mind, right? I asked that question why, like I would understand from his perspective why I couldn't go to my friend's house. When in reality, my mind is made up. I want to go to my friend's house, I want to have fun, and nothing that I can be told will change my mind. And so that answer that we ask is asked with a perspective of thinking that we're going to like the answer, right? And it doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. As a child, I thought this was quite possibly the absolute worst answer in the history of questions. But here's the thing, nothing he would have told me would have changed my mind on what I wanted to do. In my mind, I was suffering because I couldn't go spend the night at my friend's house, right? And nothing that he would have said would have changed my attitude about that suffering. It was suffering. Hey, I'm scarred. But here's the thing. Sometimes we actually don't want to hear why. Right? We don't want to hear why. Or maybe we think we want to, but we can't handle it. We want to know there's a reason for what we're experiencing in life, and then when we, well, if we ever you know, find out about it, if we're still in the middle of that storm, it doesn't really change our perspective of it. Okay, that's great, God, but this still is pretty unbearable. Paul said we are hard-pressed on all sides. He's talking about things in his life that were pressuring him from every single angle. And the funny thing is, as humans, we might think, well, God, if I was only hard-pressed on one side, I could, I could probably handle that. If it was just work that that was was difficult, I could maybe deal with that. Or if it was just something in my finances that was a little overwhelming, you know, maybe I could take that on myself. But here's the thing, it's not a bad thing to feel like you can't do it on your own. Paul knew that when uh, it was when he was overwhelmed, that's when God would come through. Sometimes we're guilty of thinking it's God's job to prohibit all of life's bad stuff from happening. When his job is actually to bring us through those difficult times into, his, into the fullness of his plan for us, right? His job is to bring us through into his actual plan. And this is something that, that I can promise you is that God's plan for us is always more important than what's happening to us. It's hard to see it when you're in the middle of that. It's hard to see it when you're sitting in the doctor's office and and they're giving you news that you thought you'd never hear. But I promise you that God's plan for your life supersedes that moment. We want to know why it happened to us, but like Pastor Kevin said last week, it's not about me, rather, it's about the question of who who am I in God's plan? Who am I compared to who God is? When we're overwhelmed, underqualified, stressed out, and lost, we feel the effects of pressure. But have you ever heard those super cliche things where it says, pressure shows you what you're made of, you know? And you're like, what are you talking about? That is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. But in reality, when we go through those things that are pressuring on our life, I believe that it can show us what we're made of. And since we see in Scripture that we're made in the image of God, pressure can bring out some amazing things. But our perspective has to change to see it. We may, not need to, we may not get to know the why, but we have to be in a place where we can know the who, not the band, okay? We might not get to know the why, but we have to know the who. We have to know who holds our future, who goes before us, and who works all things together for our good. But Paul doesn't come back with the question, why me, God? Instead, later on, in 2 Corinthians eleven thirty, 30, he says, if I must boast, I will boast of the things that show my weakness. It's a change of perspective He went from a point in his life where he was confident in himself and his abilities and what he felt like he was supposed to do. And now he's saying, you know what, I'm going to brag when I am weakest because I know that it's then that God is at work in my life. In Paul's story, the wind was what was controlling the boat that was sending it towards Malta to be shipwrecked, causing them to run aground and be um, stranded on this island but I believe it was God that was controlling the wind. God didn't cause it to happen, but he used it to happen in the midst of the storm. God didn't pack Paul up on that ship and wave to him as he, st- as he sailed away, but he went with him. And we're gonna look at that here in just a second. So number two, pressure primes our hearts to hear God. When I hear the word prime or primer, I think uh, probably first and foremost of, of ammunition, right, in, in a shotgun or, or a rifle, there's a primer that's at the bottom of that shell that causes the spark. It causes the, the bullet or the round to do what it's intended to do. Or maybe you think about um, after this, this weekend, you think about your snowblower um, and you think of having to prime it, you know, uh, but Because before you can start the machine, you have to prime it. You, that push bulb, it pushes air into the carburetor and draws fuel from the tank. And that priming, it brings out just enough fuel that when the, the spark plug goes off, that, that engine fires up and you're ready to go. See, when you're, <clears throat> when you're in the middle of a storm or under pressure, we're talking about that pressure, I believe that our hearts are more open to hearing from God. It doesn't feel like it because you're you're stressed out, you're anxious, maybe you don't wanna talk to other people. But I believe that if we allow God to, he does something in our hearts that opens ourselves up to more of him. But here's the thing, we have to be listening for his voice. I tell my students that you can't hear something you're not listening for. Now, God can get your attention, but if you're still not paying attention, if you're still not listening, you're gonna miss it. And so we have to be willing to hear that. We're positioned differently because we need to hear from him. Now, if you're anything like me, you might be in the middle of one of these pressure situations, one of those things that is beyond you, the situation that you can't see beyond. You can't see beyond that storm that you're in right now. And you might be in your heart or maybe out loud, you're yelling at God. Why me? Anybody ever done that? I think it's fine to yell at God. He'll yell back. And he already knows what's in our hearts anyways. Sometimes we're yelling at God. Why did you let this happen to me? Why did my my family go through this? Why did my friend get that diagnosis? All the while, I believe God is whispering words from 1 Peter 5. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand that he may lift you up in due time. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. When we quit trying to tell God how he should operate, we begin to hear his voice that tells us his plan despite our circumstances. Our circumstances do not cause God's plan to take a detour, okay? It doesn't cause God's plan for our life to go around the situation that we're in right now and wait for us on the other side. It goes right through the smack dab middle every single time. If we go back to the story of Job, God answered Job in the midst of a storm. It literally says that in Job 38.1. It says, out of the storm, God spoke to Job. And now, here in the story of Paul, in the middle of the storm, God also speaks to Paul through his angel. Jesus taught his disciples in a storm. Storms are a big part of scripture because they're a big part of life. And what I take from these things, this is something really important, and I, if you don't take away anything else but this, I want you to take this away. If you're in the midst of a storm, you better be listening. If you are in the middle of a situation right now that you can't see past, you don't, you don't know how it, how it happens, you don't know how you're going to do it, if you're right there today, you better be listening because I guarantee you God wants to talk to you. He wants to guide you. He wants to tell you what he told Paul. Hey, I know this situation seems like the end of the world, but this isn't it because I have plans for you down the road that you have to get to. If you're in the storm today, you need to be listening because God's going to show up and tell you exactly what he told Paul. This won't be the end because there's more. Um. There, I, almost every time I speak, I share a, a quote of some sort from one of my favorite uh, my favorite preachers, and and it's just because I think God uses him to speak to me in certain things. and And his name is Stephen Furtick, and he said uh, this: He said, "If we stay if we stay stuck in the reason, we'll miss the revelation. If we stay stuck in the reason, we'll miss the revelation. If we're focused on why something happened to us, we're gonna miss." the what if our focus is only on the situation we're going to miss what god is trying to accomplish in and through us during that time and we might miss out on where he's taking us so number two was pressure uh, pressure primes our hearts to to hear more of god number three pressure provides opportunity whenever we do ask god why We may not get an answer, but one thing I can promise you is we will always get an opportunity. We will have an opportunity of some sort. We'll have an opportunity to follow him. We'll have an opportunity to hear his voice. We'll have an opportunity to see his plan, maybe a little bit better. We'll have an opportunity to see him at work in the midst of our storm. Pressure provides opportunity. Joshua one nine says, Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. We said God's plan doesn't take detours around our our storms and God doesn't himself. He's right there with us in the middle of that storm. Paul is on a ship that he doesn't belong on as a prisoner for a crime he didn't commit. He was accused of doing things that he didn't do. And he was where he was by others' choices. Remember, he, he yelled at those guys. He said, hey, if you would have just done it the way I told you, we wouldn't be shipwrecked. Now, maybe he still, it still would have happened, because God's funny that way. But he's in all these things because of, of stuff outside of his control. He's going through this storm literally and figuratively because of outside forces. It didn't have to happen. Sometimes what you go through in life isn't because of something you did. Sometimes it's choices that others have made. Sometimes it's the situation that you just find yourself in. And then there's times in our lives where we find ourselves in this storm and and we're the reason. We made a mistake and and it's up to us to decide how we're going to move outside of it. But it doesn't matter because we always want to know a reason. Paul wanted to go to to Rome. He had been wanting to go to Rome for a long time. He wanted to meet with the church. He wanted to love on them encourage them, connect with them, but I promise you Paul didn't want to go to Rome like this. He didn't want to go in a ship as a prisoner, but he still wanted to go. He was imprisoned and falsely accused, accused, and then he was shipwrecked. After the shipwreck, they land on the, the island of Malta, and things you know, maybe for just a moment start to look up. They're, they're, um, they're kind of greeted by the people of Malta, and, and it's a storm, so there's some things going on, and, and they're connecting with them a little bit, and, and scripture says that there's a fire that's being made, and Paul goes to throw some wood in the fire, and if, you, if you've read the story, you remember that then he gets bit by a snake. Man, why snakes? Come on. Snakes are literally the worst. And he gets bit, in, he gets bit by a snake and, you know, the images, you just, you picture him holding his hand up and there's just a snake, really gross, a- attached to him. And uh, that snake would have killed him and, and you can tell by the response of the people of Malta that they knew he should have been dead because they kinda just stepped back a little bit just to see what would happen. And then they even threw out ideas as to why he got bit by the snake said maybe this guy's a murderer because he didn't die in the sea but God wants him to experience judgment so he's gonna die right here. Now we know through the story that we read that Paul, he shakes the snake off and, and he's fine. He doesn't have any adverse effects to that snake bite. But he couldn't catch a break. But in the midst of the physical, literal, and, and mental and spiritual storm, where he didn't want to be and he didn't deserve to be, God still used him. See, the rest of the story goes is that when the chief official of the island heard what had happened to Paul, he invited him into his home. And as Paul is there, um, you know, kind of, I'm sure just talking to him, giving him his backstory, whatever it might be, he, he begins to understand that the chief official's father is sick and that there's no hope for him. And so what happens is God uses Paul in the middle of a situation that he should have never been in in the first place, he uses him to heal the chief official's father. Awesome. And then the people of the island start to find out and pretty soon there's a crowd and scripture says that all the sick, all the afflicted came and they were healed by God through Paul. That's a pretty big detour if you ask me. He was a place where he, he shouldn't have been And God still used him. God used Paul to heal the father and the rest of the island. And as a result, it says, they sent them off with all that they needed. And that's a cool part of the story because it got me thinking, what if God allows, not causes, what if God allows the storms in life to happen? Because something you need is waiting for you in the storm. Think about that for a second. What if God allows storms to happen because something you need is in the midst of it? I don't know, maybe, maybe they need more food. Maybe they needed something to be sent on with and God used that storm as a way to make it happen. The cool thing to me is that the hand that was bitten by a snake that should have spelt out Paul's death that I believe was probably intended to kill Paul, you know, we know that Satan wants to capitalize on opportunities like that. The hand that was bitten by the snake moments later was being used to heal people through the power of God. Think about that another 180, something that was meant to kill him, the next moment he's using it as part of God's plan. That's incredible. Like the story of Joseph Joseph told his brothers after they had sold him. It, into slavery in Genesis 50 verse 20. It says, you intended to harm me, but God intended it for good, to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. I believe that Satan wants us to find ourselves in these storms, in these situations where pressure is all around us, we can't see out of it, we can't see what God is going to do, and God wants to take what was intended to harm us and flip it and use it for his glory. Ultimately, I believe, the reason doesn't matter, but our response does. Our response to what we're going through is what matters because that's what will fuel us. That's what will allow us to follow after God into what he has for us. Because here's the thing, sometimes the storm that we're in right now, sometimes it's not even about you. Sometimes it's not even about us. Sometimes it's about, uh, sometimes we're going through Um, is about the chief official's father. It's about that person that God will use you to touch in the middle of the storm. The opportunity isn't for our own sake or for our own comfort, but it's an opportunity for God to be made famous. What happened to Paul wasn't his fault. He didn't cause it to happen and neither did God. But there was a lot that we can learn from the life of Paul. Paul. And so, as we conclude today, we're going to uh, we're going to wrap up our our service a little bit different. Um, and in just a moment, I I would ask that you be thinking in your own heart about some of those those storms that maybe you're in right now, some of those situations that you can't see past because on your own strength there's no hope. And in just a moment, we're gonna we're gonna put on some worship music in the background. the the band won't be coming, but We want to create an atmosphere that if you're in the middle of one of those storms and if you need God to do a miracle in your life, if you need God to show you the opportunities in the midst of that, if you need God to speak to you, if you need your heart to be primed to listen to him, we want to pray for you because Paul wasn't on that ship by himself, right? He wasn't the only one there. He wasn't the only one experiencing that storm and and I believe that we see in Scripture that we're not as people. We're not designed to walk through life on our own. We're not. God did not design us to experience the difficulties of life on our own. And so we want to take a moment. We want to, uh, if if there's something that you're experiencing, we want to lift you up in prayer, and um, we just want to believe God that He has He has a plan in the midst of something that's terrible he has a plan beyond that, plans to prosper us and not to harm us, as it says in Jeremiah. So would you just bow your heads with me uh, in prayer, and uh, while I pray, some light music is going to come on, and, and after, afterwards, if, you, if you'd like prayer, if you'd like someone to stand with you and, and pray for you, um, come, come up front. We'll have deacons and connect group leaders that would love to, to stand with you and, um, and pray with you during this time. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for, God, as scripture says, the sharpness of it because it can cut to the heart. It can make us understand things that we haven't understood before. And Father, as we looked at this this story of Paul today, Lord, I pray that, that there are those of us today that that's what we needed to hear. We needed to understand that in the midst of the darkest point of our life, You have not left us nor forsaken us. God, you are at work and you have a plan. And part of our response should be looking to you, looking to hear more of what you would have for us. And ultimately, God, allowing you to to guide us during that time. Father, I pray that that as, as we come, as we pray together here in just a moment, that you would speak to individuals, that you would show them areas of their lives where, where there's the chief official's father that's close to them, there's somebody in their life that needs them to reach out, that needs them to, to show the love of Christ in the midst of their own storm. And Father, that's, that's part of the purpose. That's part of why you allowed that to happen. Lord, I pray that as we leave from this place today that we would be challenged that we would be encouraged that that just like with paul his time was not up in the middle of the storm because god had a plan for him father i pray that you would speak to our hearts and let us understand that where we're at today isn't where we're going to stay because you have a plan for our lives and that plan goes beyond our circumstance our plan that plan does not change because of our circumstance God, our circumstance can be used as part of your plan. Father, I just pray that you would speak to us so specifically that we would hear your voice. And Father, I pray for the the one who is under that pressure that they can't seem to shake off. Lord, that that you would free people here this morning. In your name we pray, amen.